Hi everyone, I'm Greg Lambert, and this is the In Seclusion podcast miniseries. Today's guest balances working with legal pricing professionals, being a teacher for her children, and producing a podcast where she talks with other legal pricing professionals. I asked her to come on this podcast to hear how she's adapted over the past few months. Aurelia, thank you very much for taking the time to talk with me today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've been really enjoying listening to this series, so I'm excited to speak with you. Aurelia Spivey is the Director of Business Development and Customer Success at Digitory Legal, as well as the host of the Pricing Matters podcast. So we are nearing, we got about two and a half months under our belt of dealing with the pandemic, working remotely and all the changes. What has really changed in your day-to-day work routine over the past couple of months? Great question. We've always worked remotely with Digitree, but I used to visit in San Francisco with Catherine twice a week. So that's the main thing that's changed in terms of work. Uh, The obvious other things that have changed are the fact that I have two sons in elementary school who Mm -hmm. are homeschooling, and I have a husband in the house as well. So my office has been decamped. We used to share an office, but we found that really tough in terms of both of us taking calls. So I've decamped to the patio cat room. Mm. Um, So I share the office with the cats. In terms of work, we've been really, really lucky. Our pipeline was good, and we've continued to get people doing demos. So we've had a lot of interest and, you know, we've been continuing working with the clients that we've had. As I said, it's always been remote. So, you know, nothing has changed from that sense apart from we did a lot of in-person events and obviously conferences as we, you know, all of us do in this industry. So, you know, a lot of that's been put on the back burner, but, you know, we've been connecting through webinars and uh, virtual coffees, etc. So, that's how things have changed. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm curious. I, in fact, I've been wanting to maybe even have like four or five people in a row that, that just talk about having to split duties of teaching their children, doing the homeschooling and working. So how, how's that uh, split uh, being a, a teacher and uh, being, being a, uh, a legal professional? <laughs> Um, I think it's very obvious that I'm much better at uh, being a legal professional than being a teacher. (laughs) My children have uh, commented on the fact that I don't have a prize box like their teacher. But I think what's been really interesting is just understanding their different personalities and what actually motivates them. I can only say that we're very lucky. We're in California. The teachers in our school district have been wonderful you know, there is a lot of work for them to do. They've done a great job in creating videos and, you know, finding new content. But I think it's hard. It's hard to motivate the children and it's, you know, balancing that is difficult. So I've taken the approach of we all will just do our best. There'll be a few core things that we can do each day. And if we, you know, the teachers have been supportive in that sense, they realize that we're all balancing this. So, you know, if we just do a few core things, I think I did mention to you at one point, I do play a bit of website Mm whack-a-mole, which is (laughs) difficult because 
We aren't whitelisting all our websites, which I know maybe some people are, but that's also difficult to do. So, you know, I will go into the room and check on the boys and they'll be hiding something <laughs> on their screens. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Uh, well, in addition to your day job and also in addition to your new job of, of being a teacher and superintendent and principal and vice principal, you do also do a podcast where you talk with a, a number of people from the legal pricing profession. One, how's that going? And two, what are you hearing from pricing professionals during this time? Because it's not just about the pandemic, but we're also in the middle of a, a very hard uh, recession. So what are you hearing from them? That's a great question. The podcast is going well. You know, we've sort of started picking up some episodes. I think as people are you know, settling into this new working routine. So I think some of the main issues that we've tackled recently, one is diversity and inclusion, because we felt it was very important. We've been following the work of Diversity Lab and, you know, the fact that in the 2008 recession, there were many instances of female partners and female attorneys, you know, bearing the brunt of that recession. I think Mm -hmm. 50% of all equity partners who lost their their roles were female. So we thought it was important to, you know, share that and share what clients and law legal departments could be doing. So there we talked about a lot about work allocation, making sure that, you know, you are allocating work across your diverse pool of attorneys. There is new interesting work coming in from this crisis, sad as that may be, uh, making sure that that cutting edge work is going to, you know, diverse attorneys as well, making sure that you're keeping them front of mind, checking in, because uh, visibility, you know, is a real problem during this time. So that's one topic we've covered. Then, you know, we've always been talking about value. Right. At what does value mean to clients? The conversation is shifting because you've got different, you've got to be segmenting your clients because some clients are going to be really struggling at this time in different sectors and how can you approach them? It's not a one size fits all. It never was, but now it really is even more important about having those conversations with clients and just digging in with them, like what is value to you X client and how can I extrapolate that across an industry? And, you know, from a pricing perspective, there is going to be pressure on, do we need to pay this bill now? How Mm. can we work with clients to, you know, keep the client relationship going and make sure that our pricing, the pressure isn't there from us for, from the, for the short term so we can invest in those relationships in the long term. Those seem to be the main areas. And then, you know, of course, innovation process improvement. I think we've, you know, we've heard a lot that that's coming into play, you know, being able to price more effectively. We've known a lot all along, you have to be more efficient, but I think people are seeing um, light, light, we're light years ahead uh, in the last two months in terms of people accepting and, you know, working with change management to be more efficient than, than they were before. So there's definitely been an impetus on that and a realization it has to happen. Yeah. And, and one of the themes that, that, we've seen over and over on my interviews on this uh, podcast 
has been, you know, the work that we've done, not just with technology, but with the process improvement and helping people understand different ways of doing things or more efficient ways of doing things. I think that that's been one of the biggest factors in how, you know, I hate to say it, but it, you know, for most of us, this transition as far as the the work was was kind of easy. I mean, it was uh, set up and ready to go. And, and a lot of people didn't miss a beat. You know, I think there's been a number of things that we've done over the past decade plus uh, that has really helped us manage this crisis. Yeah. And I think one of my guests said, you know, it's in these times, it's very quick to see where things aren't working. And something that might have taken two weeks to fix now is taking a few days because right. people realize that that process, in order for us all to work successfully remotely, has to change really quickly. So it's shining, you know, for firms who aren't as prepared, it's shining the light on things that they should have been focusing on. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, we're, you know, we're still, you know, I know you've got uh, uh, three people in, in the house, but we're still not getting that face-to-face interaction. I think a lot of states are looking at reopening. I know uh, my office is back open for some of the attorneys, although I don't think anyone's really taking them up on that yet. Has there been things that you have just really missed over the past couple of months about not interacting? Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, we're both quite extroverted <laughs> and, you know, obviously on a personal, personal level with my friends, uh, close friends, I miss a good old fashioned hug, yeah. you know, um, from a networking perspective, there are people that I hug, um, but I think just handshakes and just, you know, being able to, I mean, I love all the virtual happy hours. I mean, it's great to see people face to face, but I think just the old fashioned, just sitting down, having a coffee, having a cocktail with someone, very simple in that regard. Yeah. <laughs> Straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> well, what about uh, as we, try to get to however we progress out of this. What do you see as some of the things that are going to be permanent changes to the legal industry due primarily to this pandemic? Well, you know, as you, as you mentioned, not a lot of your attorneys have taken your office up on, on going into work. I think that, I think that we're a long way off from that. I mean, we're in Silicon Valley where most of the tech companies have said it's working from home indefinitely. So I think that is going to change. And I think people have been pleasantly surprised in the legal industry, as you said, how seemingly people can work from home. I also think, you know, my overall impression of what's happened so far is so much creativity in terms of ways that people are finding to connect ways that people are finding to build up conferences and, you know, connect with their clients. So I think people have really, you know, dug into their sources of creativity and I hope people continue to do so. And I, I think the reasons for being in the office when people feel safer for being in the office are really actually going to boil down to that sense of community and, you know, when you need the community, you're going to go in co-creation, because I think as creative people have been, I think nothing beats that, you know, ability to co-create and sort of in, 
innovation lab. I think offices are going to become innovation labs mm. and obviously for clients. So Toby would be proud of me about three C's in there. Um, but I think <laughs> that's, you know, I think that's the real reason people are going to go back to the office if and when they can and as and when they need to. It's going to be a different environment. Yes, it is. Well, Aurelia, thank you very much for <laughs> taking a few times to talk or a few minutes to talk with me. You are most welcome. I <laughs> really enjoyed that. Thank you. Thanks again to Aurelia Spivey for joining me today. Remember, we may all be in seclusion, but we're in this together. If you have any questions or suggestions, you can reach out to me on Twitter at at Glambert. In Seclusion is produced by Janice Anderson. The music is from Jerry David DeSicca. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>